So, Hebrews chapter four, verse 12, we're talking about not underestimating Jesus or the authority or power we have in Jesus and how Jesus is the Lord of the new creation. And the new creation is when you become born again. Anybody in here been bo is born again? And that means your spirit man has been made new. Now, once again, your body does not become born again. You know, you had hormones before it. Guess what you have after it? Hormones. Your hormones do not get saved. And also your mind, your, your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's why the Bible tells us we have to renew our mind. It doesn't happen automatically. It's something that we have to do. So we were talking about how we left off last week in Hebrews 4.12 talking about how we are made born again by the word of God, the logos of God, the word of God. Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is living and active. Just say that with me. Say, for the word of God, word of God is living and active. Living and active. Say it one more time. Say, the word of God, word of God is living and active. living and active. I mean, that statement, that phrase right there, you can meditate on that, Amen. The Word of God is not dead, even though this is an ancient book, it's not a dead book. It is living and active, and we'll explain how that is. Sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Now, when Hebrews 4.12 says, the logos of God is a living thing, that word, word there is logos, and the Spirit simply repeats it in different words when Jesus said in John 6, 63, the words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. They are spirit and they are life. So the words that we hear, the words that we read from the Word of God are not dead, but they are alive. Alive and active, alive and moving, alive and changing circumstances, alive and causing things to come to pass in our life. James chapter one, verse 18 says this. says, he chose to give us birth through the word, the logos of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. So it is the logos of God, the word of God, that recreates men and gives them life. It gives them life. Now, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, we read this last week. For you have been born again, not of a perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word, the logos of God. Through the, through the enduring word. The what type of word? Enduring. We're just saying about what? The everlasting God. Well, guess what? Not only is he everlasting, but his word is also what? Everlasting. everlasting. All right? So we have literally been born again born from above, recreated in Christ by the logos of God or the word of God, the living and enduring word or logos of God. Now this is very important. This seems like a very simple subject, but is very important. And let me explain to you why this is very important to understand this. Because what we see in a lot of today's teachings is people try to separate Jesus from the Word of God. They try to separate those two. Let me, let me explain to you what I mean. Um, every once in a while, I'll, I'll, I'll peek in on, you know, everybody's got everything online, so I'll peek, on, peek in kind of what other churches are doing, or, or especially 
you know, I've been at this for a little while, so a lot of the great men of God that I listened to as a teenager have gone on to be with the Lord. And so it's second generation. And a lot of those, a lot of those great men of God were first generation Christians, uh, you know, just for a variety of different reasons. And so it's always curious to me, I'm very curious about this, because I don't know about you, but I want the faith that I have in God to be passed down to generation to generation to generation. So it's always interesting to me to watch the second generation because unfortunately, the rule, not the exception, but the rule is, is for some reason, second generation uh, kids have a hard time accepting and continuing on that word of faith from the first generation. So there was a, a church that I was watching because the, the pastor I'd, I'd seen live several years ago, he was a word of faith, I don't know if he is anymore, but he was a word of faith pastor. And his son was speaking and this whole concept of like Jesus, 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 without the word, without the word, without the word, without the word. It's like they have this concept of who Jesus is that they've kind of just imagined he is. Right. You can't separate Jesus from the word of God. That's right. Jesus is the word. That's right. And what happens a lot of times is people are in love with the concept of Jesus but they've never really read or studied the word of God to find out who he really is. Uh, you know, C.S. Lewis in his book, Mirror uh, Christianity, talks about this with the concept of love. And he's, he, he makes this argument that people are, are in love with the concept of love. In other words, they are, they're, they're into, you know, and we hear this all the time, right? Love wins, love is love, blah, 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 blah. All that, all that, all that nonsense, right? It's just nonsense. Tell your neighbor, say, it's just nonsense. nonsense. Why is it just nonsense, Aaron? Because there's no foundation to it. You're speaking something that has absolutely no foundation whatsoever. You're just saying words. You're just putting words together, just making stuff up. And that's what the world does. They just make stuff up, Right? And then when they make something up, and that's too hard to, to keep up with what they make up, they go back to what they first were. I mean, it's like this back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Well, you cannot define love. You can't. You cannot define love without God. The Bible says love is who? Or God is what? Love. God is love. You can't define love without having a definition of God's definition of love. You're just making it up. You're just going by what you feel. And that's why a lot of times, you know, people are like, oh, I love you so much. And then what do they say 10 years later when they get a divorce? Well, we just grew apart. No, your feelings grew apart. You didn't, I mean, that has nothing to do with love. That has to do with your feelings. That has to do with your emotions. Maybe it has to do with your hormones. I don't know what it has to do with. But it ain't God. Tell your neighbor, say, it ain't God. Yeah. Right? So you can't define love without defining God because God is love. So same thing with Jesus. You can't take Jesus and define who Jesus is 
without the word of God. And, and you know and I know, if you pay attention to any of pop culture today, that's exactly what they're doing. They're taking Jesus and they're making him like this and they're saying this about Jesus and they're saying that about Jesus. Okay, you're saying this about Jesus? Show me in the word of God where it says that. Well, love your neighbor. That's all they can point to, love your neighbor. Well, your definition of love your neighbor is way, way off. I mean, it is, it is in a different galaxy. Amen? Amen. So this whole concept of the word of God, the logos of God, that's what has set us free. That's what has made us whole. They are the same thing. You cannot separate them. You can't separate them. So our rebirth into the spiritual realm, the one that gave us eternal life and made us a branch of the vine, was the incorruptible seed, the word of the living God. Everybody say it. Say the word, the word. Of, the of the living God. That's how we get healed. We get healed by the logos of God, the word of God. Psalm chapter 107, verse 20. This is the New King James Version. He sent his word and healed them. He sent his what? Word. And did what? Healed. healed them and delivered them from their destructions. So that word was his son. He sent his what? Word, logos, and healed them. The word that he sent was Jesus. Now David, from his vantage point, was looking forward to that. That's why the Bible says to Abraham, when it's talking about Abraham, it was credited to him as righteousness. In other words, he was looking forward to the cross. Well, we don't look forward to the cross. We look where? We look back to the cross. So where they in the Old Testament were looking towards the Messiah, we look back at what Jesus has already done. So he paid the price on the cross. He paid the price on the cross. So the word that God sent to heal his people and to deliver them from their destructions, we, we know by the name of Jesus. John chapter one, verse one. In the beginning was the word, the logos. And the word, the logos, was with God. And the word, the logos, was who? God. He was with God in the where? Beginning. The beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. So Jesus is the word of God. He is the living word of God. And that's the word that, was brought, that brought eternal life to us. Paul puts it this way in Acts chapter 20, verse 32, to his brothers in Ephesus. He says, now I commit to you, Acts 20, verse 32, now I commit to you, God, and the word, the logos of his grace, which can build you up, which can what? Which can do what? Build you up, right? Build you up and give you a what? An inheritance. How many of y'all glad we've got an inheritance with God? An inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Now, this is, this is very important because we're going somewhere with this. This is very important. You've, this is, I know it seems, maybe some of y'all, this is a basic deal. But it is so important that you understand this and you get this into your heart because the more you understand this, 
the more the word of God can work in your life. And it's the word of God that works in us and through us to see the results that we need, want, and desire. Everybody say, God wants to work through me, and he wants to work in me. So the word is the faith-building word, the grace-revealing word, the word of assurance. The word of God, the Bible, is spirit and life. The life-giving, incorruptible seed, the healing, eternal, living, and active, recreating, imperishable, and enduring word of the living God. The word of God's important. It is extremely important. And this is where we get the terminology. You might hear us say this. I said it earlier. The word of faith. This is where we get this, this, this uh, phrase, word of faith. We get it from Romans chapter 10, verse 8. It says this, but what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your what? Mouth. mouth and in your what? Everybody say, the word needs to be in my mouth. And the word needs to be in my heart. That is the word of what? Faith. We are proclaiming the word of faith that we are proclaiming. Now, Paul was quoting Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 14. Let's look at that in Deuteronomy chapter 30, starting in verse 11. Now, listen to what, listen to what Moses says here. This is, this is I, I spoke a little bit about this on Sunday, how, how the, you know, Jesus sent his disciples out and he said, preach to them, the kingdom of heaven is far, far away. Is that what he said? That the kingdom of heaven is over, you know, is in Jerusalem, so get your behind over Jerusalem. No, the kingdom of heaven is what? Near, okay? So here in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 11, it says, now what I'm commanding you today is not too difficult for you. Hallelujah. It's not too what? Isn't it amazing that all these years later, we still have the same problem that we have to let explain to people this is not too difficult for you? You know, it's not too difficult for you to stop checking social media and spend some time on the Word of God. It's not too difficult for you. You know, some of you maybe have some screen time limits on your kids. Maybe you need some screen time limits on you. Amen. Right? It's not too difficult. Tell your neighbor, say, it's not too difficult. It's not too difficult. But people are like, well, well, you don't understand. I'm in this situation. I'm not in that situation. Listen, it's not too difficult. This is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. In other words, it's not beyond you. Are you all hearing me? Amen. Yeah, but I, I, don't, I don't feel free. We don't walk by how you feel. It's, it's within your reach. But I'm, I, my body doesn't feel healed tonight. It's not too far beyond you. It's within your reach. Amen. Yeah, but I've got this bill and that bill and this bill and that bill. It's not too far beyond you. It's, it's, beyond, it's within your reach. It's within your, because God has put it within your reach. Amen. It is not up in heaven so that you have to ask who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so we must obey it. Praise the Lord. It's not stuck up in heaven. We don't have to guess about it. Verse 13, nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it. No, the word is very near you. 
It is in your mouth and in your heart, so you may what? Obey. So you may what? Obey. So you may what? Obey. Obey it. Not just know it, but what? Obey it. Obey it. And so, I mean, we see 3,500 years later, we still have to answer the same objection that we hear about the word of God today. It's too hard to follow the Lord. It is not too hard to follow the Lord. Let me tell you what's hard. What's hard is, is being all alone. That's hard. Let me tell you what's hard. What's hard is having to have uh, some sort of chemical reaction take place just for you to calm down. What's hard is for you to have to spend money on a form of a drink to just get you to calm down. That's hard. What's not hard is opening up your Bible and studying the Word of God and getting in your heart and getting in your mouth. That's not hard. Tell your neighbor, say, that's not hard. That's not hard. That's not hard. That's not hard at all. See, that's just a matter of us just what? Just doing it. Just, just, just doing it. John chapter 8, verse 31. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, then you are really my disciples. If you what to his teaching? Hold. If you do what? Hold. If you hold to my teaching. You know, this is, all, this is all throughout the entire word of God. Persevering with the word of God. I mean, I could take you probably in almost every I don't know about every book, but I mean, it'd be close. I mean, I probably could find it of it talking about holding on to the Word of God, persevering with the Word of God, sticking with the Word of God. This is a long term solution. This is a long term solution. You know, people treat church like it's a short term deal, right? You come in, people come in. They hear the word of God. And man, when you hear the word of God, who doesn't want to respond to the word of God? Amen. I mean, that's like, I mean, it's like, my gosh. I mean, what else do you need to hear, right? They come in, they hear the word of God, they respond to the word of God. Maybe they walk the aisle, they give their life to Christ. And our next job, our next job from that point on is to get them to understand that this is not just a one-time decision. Okay, man, here's your, here's your heaven card. Go out and do what you want to do. But to get them to understand that we are in this for the long haul. Right. Amen. Because things don't, most of the time, now when they do happen instantaneously, we praise God for that. But most of what you build into your life especially the word of God, it's gonna take some time. It's gonna take some time. How many of y'all know it takes some time to renew your mind? Because some of y'all got a lot of junk in there. Tell your neighbor, say, do you have a lot of junk? Is he talking about you? Right? Some of y'all got all kinds of experiences. You've got all kinds of years in denominational church or you've got all kinds of this or that and you're gonna have to renew your mind. You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to, let me put it this way. You're gonna have to allow the word of God to work in your life. Amen. You gotta give it some time. You gotta give it some time. You gotta give it some time. 
So he says, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. In other words, you're not just saying you're a disciple, but you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you what? Now, what's that first word at the beginning of verse 32? Then. Then. Now, I am by no means an English person at all. Anybody who knows me, look, I went to public school. I mean, I, I mean, look, I, English was not my forte. It was not my strong, still is not my strong suit. But I do know this, that then is always following what? Something, right? If then, right? So if you hold to my teachings, if you do what? Hold. If you what? Hold. hold to my teachings, then you are really my disciples. Then, when? Then. You will know the truth. And the truth will what? Set you free. The truth will set you free. So see, the then means that you have to assimilate to the word of God. You gotta assimilate to the word of God. It's an interesting, talking about second generation, it's an interesting process for me to watch because you understand that now, I mean, I was talking to someone about this the other day and I told them to stop giving me the, the list of names, but of, I now have, in the youth group, there are kids of kids that started in my youth group. Amen. And so I was like, uh, I think so-and-so's the only one. They're like, no, 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 no. And they started going down this list. I said, that's enough, stop right there, stop right there. <laughs> that's enough, right, okay? I mean, that's, that, that's good. But it's an interesting thing that I see because sometimes these young people, they grow up in blessed homes. And praise God for that. Amen? Amen. Amen. I said, isn't that, isn't that what we want? <laughs> Amen. Amen? They grow up in blessed homes, and they think that this stuff is just automatic. They think it's like, well, you know, I've heard it my whole life. And they've never really practiced it or put it into practice. And so then they, and then all of a sudden, man, it's like a brick wall of, called life comes straight at them. <laughs> Bam! And, and you can see it sometimes in their face. They're a little bit like, what's, what's going on? Well, you know, what, what is this? What is this? I thought it was going to be all fairy tale and, you know, clouds and, mush, and, and marshmallows and, not mushrooms, <laughs> marshmallows <laughs> And chocolate, I thought it was gonna be like Willy Wonka, right? You walk in and man, it's just like you go everywhere. And the reality is, is they have to learn how to let the word of God abide inside of them. And it's got to work in their life. It can't just work in your parents' life. It's got to work in what? Your life as well. You gotta persevere. Amen. You, got, you gotta persevere, you gotta persevere. And it's, it's interesting to me because sometimes there's, there's young people and you know, they just, they just don't wanna listen. They just don't wanna listen. They just don't wanna listen. And then when life comes and kind of slaps them across the side of the head, they're like, well, what's going on? Well, number one, man, you gotta start listening. <laughs> you can't, how many of y'all learned this lesson? Anybody learn this lesson? You can't do your own thing and be successful at the same time. Amen. Anybody learn that? Some of y'all haven't learned that yet. That's... <laughs> Right? You got to what? Listen to the word of God and you got to what? Obey 
the Word of God. So you got to get the Word of God assimilated into your heart, and it's got to come out of your mouth, and it's got to be working in your mind. And the only way to do that is to learn how to take action on it yourself. To take action on it yourself. So, I mean, just watching all this, what I have done is, I, I mean, I, you know, I'm telling my kids, look, you need to start sowing some seeds for your own life. You need to start, you know, start sowing seeds now. What do you believe in God for? What, what is it you're believing in God? Start getting that word of God. Start not just hearing about the truth, but experiencing the truth in your own life. Because you know and I know that when you begin to experience the truth, that's when you really have a grasp or a hold on the truth. Amen. Amen. Amen? Anybody ever taught a class before? Anybody ever taught a class or done a present, right? How many of y'all know you learn more from teaching than you do just from listening? Amen. It's an amazing concept. I mean, it's, 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 it's amazing how that works. So, you know, you've got to believe it, and then you've got to take action upon it, and that truth will set you free. King James says this, John chapter 8, verse 31, 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews who which believed on him, if ye continue in my word, if ye continue in my word, if ye what? Continue in my what? Word. <laughs> this is, look, this is the power of where pastors Gene and Sue are right now in their lives because they've been continuing the word all these lives, Amen. all these years. Amen. Just continuing in the word. Continuing and continuing and continuing in the word. And so, you know, sometimes people want the prize before they want to take what it gets the prize. You got it. You, you can't be like a squirrel, you know. <laughs> Man, you got to be steadfast. You got to be steadfast. You got to be committed to this thing. You got to be committed to man where, you know, I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with the word. Say that today. Say, I'm sticking with the word. I'm sticking with the word. Tell your say, I don't know about you, but I'm sticking with the word. If you continue in my word, then ye are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you what? Free. The truth shall make you what? Free. So what do we do? We abide in the word. Amen. We abide in the word. We live in the word. Our home is in the word of God. The word, the word, and then what? The word. The word. Now once again, that might seem simple to you. It's not difficult. But then if you sit back and you examine your life, ask yourself this question. How much am I really abiding in the word? Oh, man. You know, in, in Timothy, it talks about examining yourself. You got to examine yourself. You got to say, okay, how much am I really abiding in the word? Well, yeah, you know, but I love Jesus. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Okay. How much you been in the word this week? Well, you know, I've been a little busy. Really. Really. I mean, 15 minutes, four chapters, right? 
Like that example I was saying earlier, the reason why I brought up that example, because, you know, that young man was, was talking about Jesus, and then he starts making fun of people doing daily Bible reading. You know, and you go, you know, all these people talk about daily Bible reading, daily Bible reading. Absolutely, because the more you abide in the word, the more you actually are hearing the voice of God. I don't know about you guys, but man, when I start reading the word of God, man, I'm, I'm learning all kinds of stuff. And I've been, you know, I've been in the ministry now for 29 years, and I, man, I'm still, I'm still learning this, and I'm still learning that, and I'm still learning this, and then I get refreshed on that, and then I get refreshed on this over here. See, and then it grows, it grows, and here's the deal. I cannot be in the word for you. I can't. I can't. I can't even be in the word for my wife. She has to be in the what? The word. I have to be in the what? The word. So we abide in the word. We abide in the word of God. This is why we will not back down from the word of God. We won't. We won't. We won't. You know, some idiot saying this week, you know, I mean, it's just, AI can make a, a, a better religious book that'll be a perfect book above the Bible. I mean, just, it just blah, blah. I mean, just like, I mean, it's like, surely Jesus is coming back now, right? Because, I mean, these people, Amen. these people are, are saying some dumb, dumb things. I mean, you know they thought these things in the past, but now it's coming out of their mouths. Right? I mean, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's, just, it's just unreal. It's just unreal. So now, we're going to start this concept here for the few minutes we have remaining, and the pastor will pick up there, here next week. This is why I'm telling you, Sometimes I tell the teenagers this. I say, look, I said, people focus on the wrong things. People spend too much time focusing on other people. That's right. Right? right? When if you would focus on yourself, all that other junk would go away. Amen. Right? You know, sometimes I tell teenagers, you know, you're like, oh, I can't go see this movie or my parents won't let me do this. My parents won't let me do that, blah, blah, blah. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. And so in a, in a teenager's head, they start thinking they can't do anything. The reality is you can do way more than you think you can do, but it just has to do with what's going on right inside of here. Same thing with adults, right? Well, this job is holding me back, and that's holding me back, and this is holding me back, and that's holding me back. Well, you're saying all that stuff, but the reality is, number one, you don't have control of that anyways. Number two, you need to be thinking about what's going right on inside of here, because if what's going on inside of here is right, and if the word of God is growing what's in here, the dream is gonna come to pass. Amen. It's gonna come to pass. Tell your neighbor say, it's going to come to pass. John chapter 15, verse 7, the New King James Version says this, if you abide in me, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, my what? Words. My what? Words. My words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire. Amen. 
Now that Greek word there, the root of that Greek word is aiteo, which means demand. In other words, you demand. We demand not something that is outside the will of God, but we demand what is our right and our privilege. What do we, what do we read in Acts earlier about our inheritance? So we are not demanding something outside of what God has already provided for us. But notice here, you've got to demand it. It doesn't happen automatically. If Christians would realize this, they would watch their mouth a lot more and they'd be spending more time on the word of God. Because if God's will automatically happened in our lives, our lives would look completely different than they do tonight. My life included. My life included. You think that right now I'm living in everything that God wants to do for me? No, I'm not. Why? Because I'm learning how to walk in faith or I'm learning how to trust him more and more and more and more. And that takes, it's a process. It takes time. So neighbors say, it takes time. So if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire, demand, and it shall be done for you. It shall be what? Done for you. Now listen to this. That word, uh, it shall be done for you, is the Greek word, ganesate, which means abide, which means, now listen to this. This, is, this will, you gotta meditate on this. That word, that Greek word means to live in, to settle down in, and to take up residence in. In other words, it's not an overnight stop. It's long term. Listen to that. To live in, to settle down in, and to take up residence in, not an overnight stop. It is long term. It is what? Long-term. It is long term. There, you've heard me say this, you've heard me say this before. The promises of God are so big. They're so wonderful. Nothing is impossible with God. Everything is possible for him who what? Believes. Well, how many of y'all know you can't grasp that in one night? How many of y'all know you gotta let that, you gotta let that live within, I mean, you gotta let that grow inside your heart. Anybody who's honest knows exactly what I'm talking about, right? I mean, you gotta let that grow inside you. It's gotta abide in you. It's gotta abide in you. And it's, and it's gotta, you gotta, you gotta learn how to let that come out of your mouth. And you gotta learn how to let that change the way you think. And you gotta learn how to take action on that. Not just to know it, but take action on that. How, you know, well, I'm facing the situation, but yet God's word says, uh, you know, nothing's impossible with God. Yet, man, it sure feels like it's impossible over here. Okay, how do you get from here to there? Well, you gotta let the word of God abide in you. You gotta remain with the word of God. You gotta let it grow on the inside of you. You got to let that word get strong in your heart. 
strong in your mouth, strong in your thinking, strong in your actions. And then how many all know, when you start taking action, you don't see immediate results. Can I get a witness on that? Most of the time, you don't see what? Immediate results. You mean, you gotta, you gotta take action, and then what do you gotta do tomorrow? And then what do you got to do the next day? And then what do you got to do the next day? Yeah, but I want my, faith is not magic. This is not magic we're talking about. It's a lifestyle. It's a way we live. It's a way, and this is why, this is why, listen, do not be discouraged about where you are. And this is why the Bible is very clear about not comparing yourselves to others. It's Galatians 6 or Galatians 5. I think it's the last chapter of Galatians. I think it's in Galatians chapter 6 that tells you don't compare yourselves to others. Why? Why? Because you are where you are, but listen, give it some time. Give it some time. Let it grow. Let it grow. Let it grow. Let it grow. I mean, I was just thinking about this today. You know, just uh, what I do for my, for, in my life is, you know, what I, I'm working the ministry, but then I invest. I invest in stocks. It's what I do. I invest in stocks. I don't buy homes. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't do fake money, Bitcoin, whatever that is. I don't, I don't speculate on this or that. Well, I guess you call stocks speculating, but I, I mean, that's what I do. And I remember, I remember very vividly uh, you know, you put money into an account, you put money into an account, and you think it's nothing, then it starts to grow, 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 then it starts to grow. And then, and then I remember the first day that I made like a couple of hundred dollars on stocks. Man, I was over the moon. Man, I was, ex- I was like, look at that. I made $200 today. Praise the Lord. I mean, that'll buy you four meals of Chick-fil-A today, but, Right? But I mean, I was, I was excited. I was pumped up. Yes. And I started, you know, telling people, man, I made this much money. Some of them probably looked at me like, well, that's $200, you know. But I mean, and, but to me, that's money. I mean, I, you have to pay attention to it and all that kind of stuff. You got to be smart about it. But see, now, 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 I got a chart. I got an Excel chart. And it shows, and I, and I updated it weekly. You know, how much did I make? How much did I lose? Whatever it is. And now we're way beyond $200. Amen. We are way beyond $200. Way beyond $200. And guess what? And here's the beautiful and the wonderful thing is it just picks up speed. It just picks up speed. It just picks up speed. It's the same thing with walking in faith, man. The Bible says do not despise the days of small beginnings. What you see around here, this paid off facility that's got marble countertops in the restrooms, that's got all this wonderful stuff all around is not meant to intimidate you. It's not meant to make you feel like junk. It's meant to you to lift up your eyes where you are, so you can see where you can be. But you got to get there. Tell your neighbor, say, you got to get there. 
And that's where we're going, amen? amen. I said, that's where we're going, amen? amen? So what are we doing? We're abiding in the Word. What are we going to be doing next Wednesday night? Abiding what are we going to be doing Sunday? Guys, what are we going to be doing Tuesday night? Abide in the Word. Abide in the Word. Abide in the Word. Abide in the Word. And then guess what else we're going to do? Abide in the Word. Then we're going to abide in the Word. And then we're going to abide in the Word some more. And it's going to grow, 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 grow. So don't give up. Amen. Talking about Galatians. Don't give up. For at the proper time, you will reap a harvest if you don't what? Give up. So that's why the Word of God is so important. And that's why it's so important you study it. That's why it's so important that you live it. That's why it's so important that we sing about it. That's why it's so important that we encourage each other with it. Because the Word abides in us.